This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bunga. This is day two of our grand final weekly set of podcasts. And Mitch Doyle, hello. G'day, everybody. Uh, and joining us for day two is our resident, one of our resident Penrith Panthers fans, a man who's flying from Tasmania to Brisbane for the big dance because we bullied him into it. <laughs> ben, ben Qualiata, welcome. Bull- bullying works, kids. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Yes. From the what Beyond the Fence podcast and Associates. Right? And, uh, <laughs> LLC. <laughs> yeah. uh, when do you fly up? Uh, Friday night. Excellent. I'm very. I am genuinely happy for you. Like, it's great that you can go. So I'm very happy we pushed that happy yeah. on the podcast, <laughs> and you felt the shame. And public like, shame has done its job. You know, if you lose, like, yeah, it sucks. But if you win and you're not there, it's like. Well, I've been to I think three or four because obviously from Sydney, I don't actually claim yeah. this is my home. But I've been to like three or four grand finals now, but never when Penrith are playing. So at least in that respect, it'll be something different. And if we win, then lefties is going to yeah. go off. Well, I think like it's almost, I think you gamble, right? Like it's worse not being there if your team wins a grand final, if you have the option than being there and they lose. Yeah, because also I, I could have gone last year, but I didn't. So I feel like I have a social responsibility to go this year. That's fair. All right. I'm so, still pretty dirty that you didn't go last year <laughs> when you say it. like Ridiculous. Um, yeah, well, anyway. I've, been to, I've been to like all the Broncos grand finals since the, like the Super League one. I didn't go to the Super League one. So, but after Never that, happened, I've been to so. all of them. Yeah, also obviously anyway. I don't count 2003 because obviously that's why I'm the fan. So I didn't, yeah. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. The original right. bandwagon, but uh, yeah, mm. you've got to go to grand finals. I'm glad All you're right, going, so- mate. And uh, no, no, don't, you're not moving us on just yet, Bungard. But uh, <laughs> I hope you go into footy church uninvited and use the bathroom like a <laughs> patron of the area. That was like our experience with it. I hope you just walk in. There's going to be a bathroom walkout. There's going to be a family on like some retreat and i'm just gonna walk in being oh sorry I've, i have been here before so yeah. i know this is a public place <laughs> yeah it's surely footy fans there this weekend surely surely but yeah great time uh, to go. god god i hope that like well i don't know what happens if they move to townsville like you obviously have a ticket but do like what a Qantas well, aren't like you know what mate we've got you back <laughs> <laughs> that's well, a really good point it's yeah. no but i suppose like if the grand final isn't allowed then surely Domestic travelers aren't allowed. So, in that case, Qantas would probably be obligated to give him his money back and then he just books a different flight. But now that doesn't exist anymore, right? Unless you got, do you buy insurance, Ben? No, not like yet. if no, they're legal, if they're literally not allowed to land, you get your money back. Like, I didn't, I don't buy insurance for things. I got all my money back from my flights to Magic Round in 2020. Yeah, but that's different. They've made rules since then because eh, of coronavirus. I don't, I don't know. Um, like the, the rebooking of Magic Man, you wouldn't have got your money back. There was like really? boxes you had to tick yeah. if you didn't buy insurance. So um, I don't know. I'm not a legal expert, but I believe there is some sort of force majeure thing now yeah, that is. basically says you know the risks. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, that would suck for like, you. You know, like, you know how like every contract ever, like your business enders has that at the back and it's usually like about like, you know, volcano erupts or an earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> now pandemics have to be in those contracts and that's what well, we're starting up with. Well, I work in construction contracts and that's a lot of like the guff at the back is, yeah. you know, if, yeah, 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 if, yeah, if, if a plague of pelicans descends onto our side and eats all our pipe, what do we do? Exactly. An Italian, an Italian who works in it. construction. Be more stereotypical. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hopefully. Forget about it. it. And if not, I don't know. Like, hopefully, there's some oh, I figure something out. But I'm I, think sure it, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So Penrith the virus obviously can't disappear. They can't. 
Uh, Penrith, obviously an absolutely fantastic season. They started the year winning game after game after game. It was really only the origin period that saw them take a couple of L's before they ran into Melbourne late in the year without most of their good players. Uh, and then a first week finals loss to South. So three regular season losses, four in total, Ben. Obviously a fantastic season. Um, yeah, I guess, how are you feeling about it so far? Well, obviously, you know, my performance last week was of a different mentality. You know, happy to be here. Uh, pretty much pre- preparing the eulogy, mm. you know, ordering flowers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a lot of walking back to do now. No, I'm feeling good. Um, I think if you had told me at the start of the year that we would have had to beat Melbourne to get into the grand final, I would have said, well, that something has gone drastically wrong for most likely us. Cause I don't think Melbourne would have come like third or fourth. Mm. So uh, yeah, I think the last few weeks have really proven that I didn't quite know this team as well as I thought I did. And I'm very, very excited for what they can do in the last game. Absolutely, mate. And so um, that, that loss to South was a little bit shocking, um, but they've really responded well in the last two weeks. Like the, uh, both games were pretty tight, but you probably deserve to win both of them, I think. Yeah, I think, like I said last week, the, you know, I don't think it would have been unreasonable to expect as a Panthers player Um they probably would have been like banking on the week off after beating Souths in week one. So that just threw everything, you know, into disarray. But then, yeah, they've shown the last two weeks, they just find these reserves from God knows where. And How? They just keep, I don't know. They just keep turning up and they keep tackling. And it's one thing, I guess, because last week we, we were both expecting Manly and Penrith to lose. But with Manly, it was all, you know, they've never shown this ability to defend and actually face adversity. Whereas Penrith, I think the last two weeks now, you know, there were, there were points of that game where Melbourne were on the, like our line for five minutes, ten, like, you know, repeat sets with the guys that they've got and our hodgepodge backline of, you know, Paul Momorowski and, you know, friends. Uh, to keep turning them back, it even when they're absolutely gassed, I think it at least proves that they do find this something that, you know, I didn't know the team had because, like, they were beating the piss out of teams earlier just by stunting on them. So to, for this dramatic heel turn, almost it's it's, it's kind of remarkable. Yeah, the, the hand, thing I find as a worry for Penrith heading into this game is that I, I think they're most suspect with this lineup with Momorowski and Crichton on your defensive right edge, which lines up with South's left, and like their defense has been fantastic and it has been all season, Penrith. But there there was points to be had on Melbourne's left edge on the weekend, and Melbourne couldn't figure that out. So I do worry if that's the place that Pen- South can find their edge. But otherwise, like Penrith's defense has returned to like, it lost a bit of physicality for a few weeks there, but the last two weeks has returned to type of what it was for most of the season, which is like really pushing the line speed, p- taking the piss in the ruck and who cares they're allowed to, uh, you know, really physical, lots of physicality. Liam Martin was physical again in this game, but really like smashing other teams, you know, they're going onto the ball carrier rather than the ball carrier coming to them often there and they're winning the point of contact often. And that came back and obviously it's going to, that's how you win rugby league games is winning the point of contact. But it'd be interesting to see how they handled that against South considering how much South bullied them two weeks ago. But it was just as a neutral and probably as a Penrith fan, Ben, it was good to see that back for Penrith because that's, that's the recipe for success for them and the recipe for a good grand final for the rest of us. It, it's how you won finals games when my father was playing, you know, not, a, not in this yeah. rule set. <laughs> yeah. Um, so well, it was nothing good to like see the rest of the fucking out. games. No, <laughs> yeah. no, it's like, yeah, we we're watching it on zoom, obviously. And I think I said, you know, Liam Martin had been complete garbage for like four weeks straight. 
Well, pretty yeah. much since Origin, actually, because it coincided with him starting games as well. But then he just found another level. I think Fisher Harris had his best game back since he, you know, came back from his exile out of the bubble to go be with his partner. But I think the the main difference is, and it's obviously unfortunately for our agendas, Mitch, not happening this week. But you know, Tavita Pangai Junior just came in and rattled the cage at the start, and Melbourne were just like, "Fuck, what do we do?" And you know. It, I was glad to see that Ivan had a bit of flexibility because I think I commented last week that I was a bit frustrated at his, you know, started Pangai. Well, not even not even that, but just his inflexibility with certain things. And yeah, we brought Pangai in, but he's strictly on the bench. But then when Leota was ruled out, everyone was like, "Oh, you know, that'll mean Liam Martin will start at front row, which wasn't going to go well." And they'll just bring Kick out to start. Uh, but then no, they started Pangai, and he fucked it up, and it was great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's it's such a massive loss for. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm. Oh, it's such a shame we don't get to beat them at full strength. Like those like, candles, I'm, mate. I'm happy he's not playing. He was, <laughs> he's been fantastic for you guys since you signed him. And I guess, does it put a dent in your confidence at all losing him today? And knowing not only that, but you've got Leota coming back from that calf injury. Who knows how he's going to go? And I think Fisher Harris is still a bit hobbled as well. I think overall, like, are you worried that basically your whole middle is kind of banged up a little bit? It's the old adage, isn't it? It's, you know, if you're not carrying an injury at this point of the season, you're not trying hard enough, almost. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, Hiram may will be fully fit. But um, <laughs> yeah, Pangai, I think, has been, at least in terms of the middles, you know, not including Isaiah Yo, but like that front row rotation, probably the most consistent forward. I think he was one of only two forwards to run for over 100 against Souths. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was him and Yo that yeah, actually... You're wrong. He smashed the Eels. Oh, Eels, sorry. But yeah, so like, yeah, that's right. Souths, no one did well. Um, yeah, you had no one. Had no one <laughs> sorry, against Mark, the Eels. Mark Nichols was the only prop, starting prop to have 100 I don't, I don't know who that is. <laughs> is that, you know, is that, yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, so he's consistently been that force off the bench in the middle that they've probably lacked this year because they're relying on guys like Matt Eisenhuth and playing Scott Sorensen in the middle. And Scott's been great, but he's more of an edge. And then especially if they're hell-bent on starting Liam Martin again now. Because I think Liam Martin did have that role and he was doing it quite well at the start of the season when he was that forward off the bench that they just slot him in wherever he was needed. He'd run at small blokes on the edge or he'd work in the middle and uh, take advantage of the slower, tiring starting forward. So I think in that respect, it is a huge loss because Tavita's almost in that same mold of like a bit of a, a Swiss army knife that you just chuck him anywhere in the forward pack when the other pack is tiring and just let him go to work. Yeah, like I've, everyone knows, I've already always been a big fan of his, but he's shown again at Penrith in this short stint that like he can pretty much do any role on the forwards. And there's not a lot of guys with his size that can do that, but he's gone to Penrith and he's played, gone back to playing a bench middle role, but he's played more conservative and more physical. He's, you know, he's running more direct, running harder, and he's only offloaded his whole Penrith and he offloaded seven times, sorry, six times. He offloaded eight times in round 12 for the Broncos, for example. You know, that was his per game, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like per game pretty much at Brisbane. He's offloaded six times the whole time again for the for uh, the Panthers and three of them were last week against the Eels. But essentially, he was coming on, playing the physical role he was asked to do and really just doing his job for them. And I think he understood his role there, you know, short-term gig, only here to, to just, you know, be physical, put a stamp, my stamp on the team and hopefully win a competition before I move on. I think he understood that really well and it's unfortunate it's ended how, how it has i'm not buying for a second that spencer lee garbage i'm not <laughs> buying that for a second i know it's good store good pr for tavita but 
He's obviously had bad news with his MCL, and you can just say, oh, look, I decided to step away. <laughs> I signed here to win a comp, but then when I had the opportunity to win a comp, I decided to let someone else win a comp. Because, you know, okay. told a three-week injury or something, and it's just yeah. whatever. You know, Tavita is not from the ilk of the Minchinbury Jets, like Spencer yeah. Lenu is. I assume, no, I think that's his club. True. I don't know. It's one <laughs> yeah. something out there. Why but not? yeah, that's the thing. It's a bit, bit of a, a dent for them, but they haven't had Moses Leota fit as well. And that's the thing I, I wonder. It's a, it, you always find energy for grand finals, but if you get the f- the full pack fitness back, you probably won't actually notice Tavita's not playing. Like if you guys play like he did last week and Moses Leota returns to form, because somehow they all will turn to form by, by Fisher Harris last week, you won't notice he's not there, honestly. That, that pack's good enough. Well, it's like Lenyu is the... I guess the baby version of Panga. He's obviously nowhere near as good and he's probably a bit more yeah. limited, but if you just want him to, and he, he won't even think about starting a Fleota for whatever reason can't go. Uh, yeah. But I think if you wanted that similar up in your face energy, because I think Len Yu has shown a bit of that, you know, he that has. shithousery, especially, I think he was one of the the blokes in that Canberra game that was around the pack, you know, rubbing it into Joe Tarpane. Uh So I think it, because that's pretty much Tavita, like what he did so well against the Storm in that first 15 minutes. He was up in Christian Welch's face uh, after that try, which I was a big fan of just quietly. <laughs> uh, so Lenny's definitely got a bit of that mongrel in him if you just want to bring him off the bench to rattle. What was his name? Mark Nichols? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I like that. But, uh, we're, not, we're, not, we're not getting drawn into this. But it's, <laughs> if, yeah, if, I, if I wasn't a Pangai fan, by the way, because everyone knows I'm a Pangai fan, but if I wasn't a fan of his... Are you? I'd be glad he missed the grand final because of the nature, how he went to Penrith. Like if another guy did that from like the Bulldogs, I'd be like, yeah, cop that you fucking cat. But <laughs> this looks pain guy. I'm devastated. Like someone else is like, yeah. Oh, what you left your other club to try and win a comp for five weeks and you're missing the grand final. Poor you. So but what if it was Patrick Pangai, I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> I had Wayne and Pangai. I was like, you know what? Whoever wins, I feel pretty good. And, we get Cape Boyle or Reynolds at Brisbane next year either. So, but I was like, Wayne or Panga, I could be happy for. And those, one of them's gone. It's so. all right. I think it'll still work out okay for you. Um, <laughs> Do you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Ben, uh, Dylan Edwards was in a moon boot today. Our good friend NRL Physio said he'll probably be fine. Um, if He's he in a moon boot all season. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tom was in a wheelchair today. So, well, no, that was yesterday. And also, he stole it from the hotel and he admitted oh. to They admitted to that. So, that's fine. But, um, if something were to be wrong with him, it would be you would think Brett Naden coming into the team with Crichton going to fullback. Um, how much did you miss Dylan Edwards in that first game against South? I know we joke about him a lot, but I mean, well, I think not not to be all um, preachy about Dylan Edwards, you know, like those guys oh that God. approach you at the bus stop. He um, makes the team. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so the thing with Edwards is. I don't buy into the like he's obviously not in the elite category of fullbacks. I'm not going to kid mm-hmm. myself and say he's he was robbed of a Dalian fullback of the year nomination. But I think why he works in that team is because he's so unnotable that he, he just gets out of the way. <laughs> Mate, he's kind of like for them now, like like the the Josh Dugan days where he just returned kicks at 200 meters. It's like whatever, like, like they need him in their in their yardage sets, and he's not really much in their attacking shape. And he, he screwed up some shapes on the weekend. Yeah. He does well, that. But just they have so many other guys that they don't really need a fullback who isn't attacking outlet that often. So I was, I was, I imagine this would come up. So I did think about this the other day. And I mm. think that the thing I've noticed with Edwards and with Penrith's shape in general is that the way they run those set plays when they're trying to strike is they'll often work it to the point where 
all he has to do is, in theory, catch and pass. He doesn't have to make any decisions or read any defenders or cut out blokes. He just has yeah. to literally catch the ball, run a bit, and pass. So Luai or Cleary, whoever it is on the inside, will do all the work for him. And they'll just make him look good by giving him that pass. And then that's generally how Penrith have run their shape all year. Like they won't let him do any decision-making because like those crash balls on, oh, sorry, those inside balls on the last tackle was uh, against Melbourne was uh, for lack of a better word, fucking Not weird. Good. Yeah. Well, his numbers are like miraculously shit for a fullback in a good team. Like they just are. I'm not trying to diss him personally, but it's like his meters are good, but he has for the whole year, five tries, four try assists and five line breaks. And honestly, like you'd think just being in this Penrith team at fullback, you'd probably just get like 15 try assists by being that dude. But yeah. it's also because they don't really, they, he is in those shapes, but they don't really set shape for Edwards off. So they just don't like, and that's fine. They don't need to, but without, but when he leaves the team, you really, really notice the lack of energy in the yardage sets. So and you really notice no one pushing up the middle of the field when he's well, not That's there. what I was going to say. So I don't buy the... So I've said this before. To me, run meters for a fullback is the most fraudulent stat it out is. there because they get, you know, 25 free meters every go. So when when Caleb Aikens debuted and, oh, he had 300 and whatever it was, run meters, how, how good? Uh, well, yeah, about 250 of those were before contact. So whatever. It's the reverse of kick meters, you know? <laughs> yeah, but... Like like you said, I think when uh, when Edwards is out, when Crichton goes back there, or whoever it is, but it's probably going to be Crichton if for some reason he can't go, they're very different styles of player and that Crichton's very languid and very relaxed and doesn't look like he gives a shit. Whereas Edwards yeah. is very frantic and you know quintessential white guy trying hard to impress yeah. guys. Please, so, please keep me, Nathan. Give me a good word for me. <laughs> yes, but so like you said, like no one supports in the middle there was a i think there was a, a scenario against Souths where someone made a break and they'd usually look inside and edwards would be right there but Crichton was yeah. just doing something yeah. back yeah or well, Crichton's hanging out at the back of shape hoping waiting for the ball to come to the edges whereas dylan is active and i think when people make that thing about oh he's the guy that that, that dumb line about how he makes penrith tick I think that what they're saying really is that he just he brings a lot more energy to the team at fullback than any other options, like by some distance. So I think Crichton has a much higher ceiling, obviously. And I think maybe if they had a full season, I think Crichton would be the better fullback. But for how you guys play currently and what you need from your fullback, how you set the whole team structures up, he's the better fit. And without him there, you notice him. You notice him more when he's not there than when he is there. He's like yeah. jazz music. The, the, <laughs> yeah. Yes. The, no. The amount of times someone will put a kick in behind and Crichton, like if, when Crichton's at fullback, and Crichton Casual. will just jog over it, you know, in the in goal, and he'll just saunter across. Edwards is like putting his body on the line. He, he's not worth much. He knows that, so he'll just put his body on the line. He'll just he'll take on for the team. Uh, and look, I don't buy the whole he organizes our defense. Like, what does that mean? He yells at blokes. Anyone can do that. That's nothing. No, like, I mean, oh, shift uh, left, shift right. Hey, you shift tackle left. him. I mean, yeah, okay, obviously there's some okay, guys who are good at that and some who aren't that great at it, but it's like Penrith's defense has been proven good with or without him. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, just... Charlie Staines it could be the fullback for Penrith yeah. and just do, and you know, in terms of, you know, uh, good job, guys. Tackle it. Yes. Great work. Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah. He's on to me. Fuck. You guys win in defense a lot more through like your fitness, line speed, and physicality than you do with like, oh, yeah. Edwards has made a great read. There's, a, there's numbers on the short side. Everyone run over there and whatever, you know, and your scramble, which is not really the fullback's job. But well, No. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I just think it, that him and like Toto being in, obviously, like obviously Toto played against South. Uh, sorry, he didn't play the first round. He played first round against South, sorry. But he, um, 
he was pretty hobbled then, looked hobbled last week. But I do think like every week obviously matters. If Toto is fully fit in this game, like that's when to- uh, Edwards and Toto make a massive difference to your team. Because again, the best recipe for Penrith to win games, despite all the points they've scored and everything they've done last year, is the best recipe is field position and physicality on the and Nathan Cleary's boot. And those two guys are like huge parts of that whole system. Without them there, again, it's like, oh, we'll have Charlie Staines will run around a bit. <laughs> yeah, like, the Forbes, the Forbes Fairlane will trundle yeah. up a few carries and I mean you could probably you could probably thank that week one from South that say if Toto or Edwards were to miss this game, you wouldn't consider Charlie for the final. You'd probably thank him a week one for that, because if he played that in the grand final, he'd be like Public enemy number number one in Western Sydney for about five years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I think the uh the whatever the hotel was out at Forbes, they'd be uh they wouldn't be running out of beer. Double price beers every time Charlie <laughs> Staines plays. <laughs> They'd be scrubbing off the, the sign outside the town that says home of Charlie Staines. And it's yeah. A national shame oh, or a town shame. Yeah, but uh I don't know. Any other thoughts you want, Bungers? What would it come into your head there? Well, I just like just from watching them the last three weeks and especially the last two weeks, I think their attitude and their application and defense has been fantastic. And I'm not just saying this out of like hopefulness and I'm not just saying this because I want it to happen, but I'm just worried that it's just one game too many for them after what they've been through over the past, you know, 160 minutes in those games against Parramatta and against the storm. And I've watched Brian Toe in all those games and he, I don't really think he's looking any less hobbled than he did two or three weeks ago. I think he's just remained like equally hobbled. And then you look at the problems surrounding Leota, Fisher-Harris, obviously Pango's already out. Um, you're, you're very much the of the two teams, the walking wounded at this point. And I don't know. That would just worry me a lot if I were a Penrith fan. But since I'm not, it makes me happy. <laughs> Yeah, and somehow Matt Burton is still the fittest human alive and all of that. Everyone else is like falling apart around him and Matt Burton looks just as fit as a human possibly can be. <laughs> well, uh, if last year, uh, last year, last week, I would have said, like, I probably agreed with you. But after what yeah. I saw on the weekend, I can't buy into the one game too many now because I thought that was going to be last weekend. And then they just magically found the the juice to, to yeah. go an extra 80 minutes. Um so to me, that that one game, uh, too many, I don't really buy into it because the way that Penrith have played the last month, you know, it's all been culminating in this moment. What's another 80 minutes of, uh, of you, out here? I get that. But at the same time, like, I think you did deserve to win that game. But Melbourne fucked up a lot. Like, they barely completed over half their sets. Like, they left a lot of points out there. And they, they did a lot of things. Is that doing? Of course, it's a contributing factor, but like a lot of it was just Melbourne shooting themselves in the foot. Like there okay, was that... I, I put it to you then. Do you remember after week one when I tried to tell you, yes, Penrith, oh, sorry, yes, Souths played really well, but Getting... Penrith also, <laughs> but Penrith also fucked up a lot of chances and then it was all, no, no, Souths played well. And I was like, well, both things can be true. No, I, I rejected that assertion. If you, I said that they didn't create a lot of chances. I said that there wasn't really any moments in that game where I thought Penrith were going to score because they just didn't happen. I think in this game it was a little bit different. I think Melbourne were very, very sloppy when they got to your end. I'm not. I'm not saying this as trying to start an argument. This is just my opinions from the game that I watched on the weekend and my view on how things are shaping up for the weekend. Yeah. Uh, you're allowed to disagree with me, but like, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying. <laughs> you can. I'm not trying to antagonize you. Like, I didn't want to bring you on here and just be like, oh, let's let's run at each other because I'm not interested in doing that. I, like, you and I are on the field at the end of the day. I <laughs> agree with you, Bunga, but I think. 
it's much heavier to do with what Penrith did and how Melbourne responded to it. If you get me, Penrith did that to them. Melbourne have looked like they've looked like a training run all season, almost every single game. That forgot how to win. Yeah, it doesn't matter who got in what position. The ball sung in that team. It went all across the field or similar. It's come out post the game like Penrith like did all their study up on how Parramatta beat them. You know, they stole the play, that, that, that try that they scored. They took from round six. The Roosters, the first try, Sam Walker did that in round six. Tedesco They've been it. holding that. Sorry, Tedesco. They've been holding that since round six, for fuck's sake, to use against the Storm in the grand, like in that. They didn't use it other times against the Storm. They were holding it to now. For mine, it actually reeks of a team that came really fucking prepared of how to beat their, that opponent when it mattered. It, it felt like this, the Panthers have been carrying their storm grudge for like <laughs> half the season. And then I know they're not carrying the that. same thing into, into this week, but it's hard for me to think they just went through that experience with the storm for the last year and they can't now look at the, you know, Penrith, sorry, the South is sit one do similar. But I'm saying I'm they, saying me, they, they deserve credit though. They deserve a lot of credit for how bad the storm played. They deserve the, the doesn't world happen. of credit. And I said they, that they, they deserve to yeah. win the game. And I'm not saying they can't win this week. I would never I say that. Like I think this game's a genuine coin flip. But I guess I, I'm just I'm just merely pointing out the alternative viewpoint on this podcast like, about the Panthers. Well, you two fellatious. I mean, this is this is a the Pan- Panthers. This is a Panthers podcast. I, I know, but you have to look. We're just three Panthers no, no, fans we, sitting around having a chat. What do you want about? We, but you have to. I'm saying that like it's not just talking about the strengths. You got to talk about the problems as well. Souths have a couple of problems. One named Latrell Mitchell mainly, but. What I'm saying is, there's just been it's just been a lot the last two weeks. It's been a lot okay. to ask from that I team. Agree. And I, I didn't, I don't, and I'm not expecting them to come out and just cat it against Souths. I'm not. But losing Pangai is a big art. Is a big thing for them. And having two of their their other two best middles, or Yo excluded, sorry, their other two best props, also carrying injuries is a big deal. And having their best yardage winger. It is a big deal, and their yardage fullback in a movement. These are all big deals. These aren't like the movement isn't things. a big deal. He's been in movement yeah. like all season. Yeah. Yeah. All season. <laughs> it, it's was not born, a big deal. it was born with a cast. It's fine. They're recovering. Yeah, I, I, I saw things. it for plantar fasciitis or whatever, but like, okay, yeah, that one aside, the rest of these are legitimate concerns. And I'm not saying that they're, they, they're, you know, I'm not saying you're not going to win because XYZ. I'm saying that these, I'm just saying you know. that these are issues. Hey, I agree. So, concern. I'm just, I was just saying I disagree that the, the, the Penrith didn't really force what happened to the Storm on them. And, and I think some of the things they did against the Storm last week, they can, like, we saw capitulation of Cam Munster in that game. I think Cody, Cody Walker was a man yeah, that sure. you could make do the same thing. And I know yeah, they've got other fine. players like like Cook. Cook and Reynolds won't, probably won't buy into that stuff, but they've already shown it a couple of times where they kind of know how to get at Cook as well too. So... I th- I agree with you. There's a lot of guys hobbled there, but it's um, I thought they were cooked last week, and I was wrong. And then they've had we've been saying this. There was like three or four weeks they looked really cooked, but they've been redlining for like two years and yeah. supremely fit, and they're also quite young. That helps them maintain fitness and play through injury and similar. Like it's I don't want to go into a game and just going well. You know what? Their injury cooked. They're going to lose because I don't I think that's what's going to decide. I know. I'm, I'm saying that's me. I didn't say he said that. <laughs> I'm speaking for me. I'm not speaking for you. I'm saying I'm not going to contribute that as my major hiding factor on who's going to win the football game for me. So the way I look at it, and I yeah, I'm not sitting here in sunshine and lollipop land thinking that you know they'll just take a bottle of Skelligrow from Harry Potter and everyone will be all sweet for the final. But yeah, I think 
if you're going to look at the fatigue, because I think it's easy to get up for a grand final physically. If you can't, then, you know, mm. not to sound like a boomer, but what are you doing here? But mm-hmm. my main worry from that perspective would be the mental fatigue that all this planning and all this extra effort that would have gone into beating Melbourne and them having to use that a week earlier than realistically, I think they would have probably expected to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you take That's all that emotion it. and all that sort of, you know, existential uh, intangible rubbish and you put that all that into the storm game and you, you do the kick, you do all the niggling, you this, that, and the other, and you go through that emotional high to then have to yeah. back that up, I think is almost harder than backing up the, the I, 80 minutes of actual combat. Well, like, yeah. And, and it can go I both agree. ways. Right. And you see some years a team, you know, in inverted commas, plays their grand final in the prelim and then they go on and they win the grand final. But then there's some years where teams play their grand final the prelim mm. and then they lose the next week. I'm not saying it's a divine right for them no, to win not. or it's a divine right for them to lose based on what's already happened. I but I do agree right. with, I do, <laughs> I do agree with you in the sense that I just don't think South and Penrith have the hatred for one another that Penrith holds for Melbourne. And I also don't know if they'd have any kitchen sink plays in the, in the chamber yeah, for I'd, Souths. Given that they well, dicked them twice this they year, they won't. They won't just kick at Blake Taff now. At least I've learned that. But uh, but I <laughs> no, do, they'll I know do Blake Taff is playing fullback. That mental thing you spoke about there, Ben. I do kind of agree with that because also a lot of the quotes post the game did sound like they had achieved a goal, and it sounded like we talk about post the grand final where you say, "Oh, yeah, we planned for this all year. We did this all season. We did that all year." It's like, yeah, the boys are pretty fucking stoked they beat Melbourne. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And all I'm saying is you compare that, like you can, and we'll talk more about South tomorrow, but I'm just saying you compare what I heard from Penrith players after that game about, yeah, we got them. We got revenge, all that stuff. And it's like, talk to Alex Johnson today. And he's like, when we won that game, I grabbed a few of the other boys who were celebrating too much and said, what are you doing? We have to win another game. And I just, well, no. And I just think that that just, it's just, and the issue there is that I just think that like, Souths have had as much of a cakewalk to this moment as you can really ask for the last three weeks. They had a bye in week two, and then they were, they won the game within 20 minutes in week three, and they were allowed to take Adam Reynolds off the field and take the piss a little bit in the second half and all that stuff. And, and I'm not saying it's, it, it's going to decide the game one way or the other, but I think in a game between two excellent teams where you're looking for sort of those fine margins on who you're going to pick and, and those little I mean, indicators of who you think is going to win... Souths have had basically the best preparation that a team could ask for, whereas Penrith have just gone to war for three weeks straight. And I get I'd the other side that of that on Latrell and Reynolds, by the way, that Reynolds is also hobbled. Well, yeah, but the Latrell thing happened before the finals. Yeah. And I, I think Adam Reynolds is yeah. probably fine. But um, like, but you could, of course, argue it the other way and say, you know, well, they, they cakewalked into last year's grand final. and they That's got exactly what I was going to say. Whereas this yeah. year... Whereas this year they're battle hardened after you know three really really hard games, so yeah. I suppose it can go either way. I so just think I um I'll say to you, Bungard, though, we did say on our podcast last night, you were right there. South sound like a grand final winning team. How they're speaking currently, they sound like a team ready to win a grand final. That's what it sounds like. They sound like a team mentally prepared, obviously, and and have done their homework. But obviously, that's again part of the pie. But I agree with you on that part of the off field battle. I would say. Souths would win that in a canter. Well, Ivan's being very <laughs> yeah. smart this way. He's not going to get, he hasn't been drawn to any of the Wayne stuff and he won't. And that's very smart yeah. on his part. But yeah, I, I, mate, I think Penrith are an awesome team. I'm not going to be shocked if they win the game, but. Um, so the, the biggest difference 
Uh, I think between last year and this year, one, you mentioned it, you know, last year, they, they didn't cakewalk the finals last year, but, you know, they turned it on for like half an hour yeah. against the Roosters. I mean, the and, Souths game and, was tough, but you deserve to win. So. And yeah, they turned it on like when they needed to against Souths. And then I think they, as, as dumb as it sounds, they were underprepared in the sense that they hadn't had to win a real game for so long. Because they the last loss they had was that like straight after mm-hmm. COVID game against the Eels. Last year, whereas this year they've had the you know the the man finals run they've you know the seventies yeah. and eighties you know like how how my the game my dad grew up with where took they the hard road they yeah you know they they took the tough carries and they beat the shit out of yeah. other teams and they did this that and the other and you know there's one in the middle and all that you know BS that my dad yeah. likes to talk about well, when I he's think... talking about the Magpies but yeah <laughs> I think it was after the Parramatta game when Ivan said that he he admitted that he got a lot wrong in the preparation for grand final week last year. Um, and I thought that was pretty interesting that he was talking about that. And I thought it was a good sign that he started talking about that before they even beat Melbourne. So um, yeah, they, they will be better mentally prepared for having gone there last year and lost, but it's just a combination of the mental and physical toll that they've taken on themselves in the past two or three weeks that, I'm not saying it's a, it's a problem. I'm just saying that like it could be a deciding factor in a game that's decided by very small margins. Yeah, I, I don't think that's um, unfair to say. Uh, yeah, my main worry would be that it gets to like, you know, 60 minutes and guys are just visibly yeah. walking out on their feet in the, the classic under sixes, you know, throw a blanket <laughs> over them. Yeah. Yeah, with the unfair cheat code when Cleary kicked the ball eighty meters, it's not fair. That is true. It's <laughs> a good point. Well, the, what what will help Souths is that neither Alex Johnston nor uh, Jackson Paulo is as fast as Adokar, and therefore will not be cheating twenty meters in field to yes. cut a shape. <laughs> he won't be cheating twenty. Yeah, very very good point. But uh, that is very. Yeah, true. I just think um, like I everybody knows Penrith. Everyone thinks Penrith fans are, are annoying, but grand finals, I don't <laughs> care. But every fan base who wins is annoying. That's how they work. Yeah. So I want people I to go to into the game at least. Day. I want people to go into the game and just don't think about like the dumbass agendas of that stuff and whatever. Like, I'm cool with you. Got to accept someone wins a grand final every year. That's not your team, pretty much. You know. I've had to deal with the Roosters and the Storm winning how yeah. many in the last like ten exactly. years? Well, exactly. everyone has, but mate. it's like, and yes, <laughs> yeah, but Ivan, Roosters Ivan Cleary's South. annoying. Penrith fans are annoying, but this team have been a good team and good. And they've teams got some just, really likable guys like Luai Toto, Isaiah Yo, Matt Burton. Yeah. Like, good teams boys. deserve to win shit. The players work all hard, all hard all year to win it as well. And yeah, you can have your have fun on Twitter after. I'm just saying, like, for everyone's best enjoyment to not go into the game death riding Penrith, because one of the outcomes if, is you're going to feel miserable at the end of the game for no fucking reason. Well, yeah, if 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 it was say <laughs> like I say, so my team's in the game, so I can't be neutral. But if it was say yes. Parramatta versus Penrith, I would just be kicking back and enjoying the week. I wouldn't be sitting here going, oh geez, I hope I wouldn't be sitting here getting really emotional and going, oh, I hope. Penrith lose because like some of their five fans, fans on Twitter who I never had on to the deal internet. With ever. Yeah. So like, no, I think in that regard, people should just appreciate this Panthers team for what they are and what they are has been probably the best rugby league team over the past 24 months. Um, and yeah, it, it would be a real shame if they finished that two year period without a premiership, it would be a real shame. <laughs> Thanks for the crocodile tears, mate. Um, <laughs> I, I think for me, obviously I've laid out, not insignificant funds to to go up there and all that sort of yeah. stuff. So for me, the worst case scenario is, oh, I just get four days in Brisbane or three days in Brisbane or whatever it is. And I'd 
I'll see people up there. I'll have a good time. I'll be extremely depressed on the flight home if we lose. Uh, and then I'll wake up on Tuesday morning and it'll all be the same. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Like it's I mean, it's better to, yeah, it's a it's friend of the show, Matt Coleman. It's it's better to be a, an idiot who spent money to go to Grand Final than to be a coward who didn't. So Exactly. Uh, and mate, I'll tell you this, like in 2013 or 2012, I think, whatever year it was, um, Mitch and I both spent money to go to the A-League Grand Final and also South played the night before in Melbourne. They lost both games. I still had a good week. Well, South lost so, the A-League. That's unusual. No, South, <laughs> no, we also uh, saw, what we, we saw three games in two days. Well, we, went to, we went to GWS. They won by 100 points. Oh, God. They did. And we went across town for the South game on the same day with Crutch Bourbons. Oh, it was a good day. It was a great. And I had a great time, and we lost that game, and I still remember it fondly. So, yeah, yeah that's what no, I'm saying. Grand final was just, terrible, but yeah, it was. Fine. I'm not being a dick. I, I'm not trying to sound like a patron dickhead, but I'm saying like win or lose, just enjoy yourself because you know. You, I will. This is the first grand final I've been to as a fan. Oh, sorry, these, as, these, as a invested fan. These mo, unless you're a Storm fan, these moments don't come around. So, <laughs> so. Well, yeah, like I've made the point, you know, and I don't want to talk about the Storm to like at all, really. No, nah, but they. <laughs> You know, they're used to winning. We're not a historically good team. We've been shipped for like 10 years. And then all of a sudden, this like undersized forward pack that we had magically turned good because of this sudden change in rules. We're like, oh, sweet. Yeah. This is our time. And well, that's think, when everything yeah. shifts from- You can play uh, like six back rowers now? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's least, what, well, what? The two teams in this weekend's grand final have what? Three combined premierships in the last 50 years, I think. So, yeah. You got- are, we, are we ahead of this? How good? Yeah, you got 9103, right? How weird does it feel to be going in and, again, we're not the whole, I don't know the full range of fans who they're cheering for, but, you know, usually the weird internet corners hate South. How weird is they it? They do. Going to a it's game weird that we're probably, the favorites. Yeah. Well, and look, like, yeah. I, I'm going to say this on every podcast this week, but if you are a neutral and you are not supporting Benji Marshall, you are a terrorist. I am a terrorist. To, I'm happy to admit that. You're not a neutral. <laughs> oh, you are. Oh, uh, mm. Can you cut that bit out? <laughs> yeah. Um, Delete the terrorism. But you, you, you would be supporting Benji Marshall if Penrith were not in it. So you're fine. Benji but- is one of the few rugby league players I've met because I grew up in Tiger territory. And in 2005, they did a school visit. And I was like, oh, my name's Benji. And he's like, oh, cool name, bro. And that was it. And that was great. What, an, what a story. Fantastic. There we go. That's it. And it could, you could do the same thing this weekend in their, in their victory parade. <laughs> you know, you Benji, <laughs> do you remember me, me from Concord? <laughs> Public school. My name is also Benji. <laughs> I'll, I'll need to get mum to ship me the uh, the signed Benji Marshall Dean Hallatow Tigers jersey I have. Pronounced today. But, uh, <laughs> well, it's funny though, as well. We hear today, uh, Benji may not retire. So is it literally he did like say that, yeah. the Benji Marshall Cup? Like if he wins, he's out. If he loses, he's back again. <laughs> I Maybe. think if we win, we get Benji. That, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, look. This isn't related to Penrith, but we've got to talk about it. Oshay Ole. I thought you were going to mention another football-related incident. from. No, no, no. Days. Just I didn't. Nah. We, it's just incredible. Gold question time, the other stuff again. Oshay Ole <laughs> is like the other t- the other incidents, if you've all forgotten them, but there's um, Benji Barber from Dave Smith. Understandable. There was uh, Todd, uh, John Grant who, who didn't know. It was the Cronulla Hawks and the Manly Seagulls, he said. And then Peter Beattie came in and gave an interview to Gus Gould 100% footy his first week and Gus Gould teed him up with a dumbass question. He goes, okay, Peter, out of A, B or C, which is the Cronulla Sharks, Cronulla's team name. And he, and he said like the Hawks, the Sharks and the Seagulls. Expecting he's going to hit it out of the park and Peter Beatty freezes up. He's like, oh, I don't know, but I'll find out. Anyway, <laughs> those three things, extremely embarrassing things happen like the first day in those people's jobs. 
And they were so bad that like every, all those guys, when they lost their jobs, it was mentioned in all the articles and they lost their jobs, how embarrassing their tenure started. Peter Volandis has had two years there, <laughs> has, has, has had all the praise and everything wrong he's done ignored. And two years in that gig and he can't say the word fucking Josh. <laughs> he can't say Josh. I, I did. So I didn't watch this, the thing until after. But I went back and looked at it and I appreciated how he, he didn't get it right, but he came pretty close with Hamoli Olikowatu. That's the best part. That's the best part. He stumbled through Olikowatu, but he pretty much got there, if not like syllable by syllable, but he got there. And then and it just says, Josh, like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm an ethnic. I don't know what is this word. I don't know what it means. Uh, we don't have this letter in our alphabet. Oh, And I like the fact that even if it had like, say there was like no space between the name on the teleprompter or something. I like that he's given it a silent, like a Oshe, like a silent J. That's the way he thought that word was said, whatever it was. <laughs> silent J. And then Ole. Oshe, Ole. And the best part of it is like the, the cameraman, the producer's done great work. Nathan Cleary is taking it serious. He is focused. And Tom Devojevic is just doing that. Is this kind of serious? Did this guy just really fucking say that face? But yeah, that was great. He bottled all those names. Um, and then was I saw another one of the two he didn't do great on, but I wish he uh, had to read all the votes for the whole year. I missed that. But funny that I didn't see widespread coverage of that today from I would have thought that you group. would sympathize with someone who can't read on a microphone. <laughs> yeah, so I was waiting for that. I mean I, I'm like I, I could un- like I could actually forgive him for getting some of the other names wrong when they happen, right? I get it. Even if yeah. you know how to say the name, right? Sometimes you're just like... If you butcher a happens. surname that you don't know, whatever. Like, it's bad. He's just fortunate it. that Vuni is not good. But yeah, fucking but, Josh. I know. I know. But it's, <laughs> again, I, get that, I get that you could butcher a name. He could have said a name a hundred times and butchered it because people's brains, it just happens to them sometimes. But uh, Josh Alloyer. No. Maybe he forgot to picture Josh Alloyer naked before. That's a good point. Um, all right. Uh, ben, before we go, your prediction. Oh, um, well, last week I was obviously very humble in my presumed defeat. That's true. <laughs> no, not so this week. Yeah. Going to go 18-16 to Penrith. Nice. The high scoring good. one for Penrith. Well, <laughs> I was, was going to go in the 20s. And I was like, oh, that's a, bit, that's a bit far. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, before we get out of here, I'd like to give a quick thank you to the people on the top two tiers of our Patreon subscription service. If you want to support us, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. You get access to our Discord server, um, merchandise, entry to next year's Coltrane Cup, uh, priority question time, plenty of other things as well. And there's never been a better time to do it than right now. Six podcasts this week. Six, guys. Come on. And a special thank you to the people in the top two tiers. And they are Chris Abnell, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Alex Sergicomi, Ben Wallace, Blake Moretti, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, and anonymous backer, Don Dick. Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Josh Tomer 98, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, My Ding Dong is Hard and I Am Sad, Never Trendy, Party Keg, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Bites, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Schwarzy, Ty, The Not So Mature Age Student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick Cahoon. Thank you so much for your continued support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. Uh, ben, I'll ask you. Uh, how will your ding dong and sadness be if the game gets moved to Townsville? Uh, ding dong will be unaffected. Sadness mildly uh, higher. Well, financial sadness will be higher. Yes. Yes. Fair. All right. 
Excellent. Well, we are done and we will be back tomorrow uh, to do this again, but with Souths. So, Ben, thank you for coming on. Anything you want to promote before you go? Uh, yeah, well, like I, like you said at the start, be on the fence if you're into absolute shit other than that. Yeah. We've both, <laughs> we've both been on it, Mitch and I, so it's good. Yes, if you're yes. just more garbage. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you want to hear Mitch the card guy. Yeah. We'll do an All NFT right. podcast next week, surely, Ben. After you've done your, your uh, NBA previews, surely. Oh, God. I've got yeah. 28 more to record. <laughs> oh, so much to funge. So little time. Yeah, All right. Good. Say goodbye, Ben. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. That's goodbye for me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>